Hey guys, and welcome to the show. I am super excited about today's episode because it's a milestone episode for me. This is actually the first interview I've ever done on the podcast, and I'm super, super pumped to let you guys hear it. So today on the show, I'll be interviewing Cindy Kramer, who is actually my accountability partner. So we've become really close over the last couple of months, and she really kicks my ass and keeps me in line. She is so awesome, and I'm so excited to share her views with you guys today. Cindy holds a master's of human resources degree, and she's been in the field for over 13 years. And her passion is really letting and helping corporate women realize their dreams that they can have it all as long as they know their core desired feelings, that they can align their work and their home life and have everything they've always wanted. And she is a living, walking example of this. She is the shit. She has her stuff so pulled together. I'm so honored to have her as my partner. And I hope our conversation helps you guys today. She talks about some great things that I would love to go into more depth on the podcast, but I really, really hope you guys enjoy today's episode. Once I finally decided to stop trying to control everything and just really strive for some progress, things started to click for me. Like my morning routine, once I stopped trying to be perfect and it had to be, you know, get up at this time, do this, and, and, and the flow of that, I started seeing the most amount of progress with myself. All right, everybody, welcome to our very first interview on the Just Realize podcast. I'm super excited. This is a special one for me. We're going to interview Cindy Kramer today, who's actually my accountability partner. So she gets to do me the honors of being my guinea pig on the show today. Thank you so much for being here, Cindy. Uh, Thanks for having me, Katie. I'm so excited. Awesome. Cindy is a master with aligning both her home and her work with how she wants to feel, and she is so passionate about helping other women do it too. Cindy, tell us a little bit about your backstory and kind of how you got to this point in your life. All right. So um, about, I want to say six years ago, uh, I went back to school to get my master's degree and I had my husband and I had a two and a half year old at home. And I went through, it was a two-year program. I I worked full-time, went to school full-time. I completed it with um, walking across the stage with a 17-day-old baby because I got pregnant uh, nine months before I was done school. And at that moment after I had my second baby, I really realized that I was I was in survival mode and I needed something to change. I was getting ready to go back to work and I just felt like things in my life were just in a fog. Like I just needed something more in my life. And um, how I got here was, is I, I actually clicked on an ad for a health and fitness um, program. And when I started that health and fitness program, it really actually brought me into more of that prof- um professional development and working on myself and everything started to kind of come together. And then fast forward about uh, six or seven months ago when you and I met, I was just craving to kind of dig in more, more of what was going on and more of how I could really create this life that I wanted to feel and how alive I wanted to feel. 
That's crazy. I cannot imagine graduating with this 17 day old baby. Like that just blows my mind. I can't even remember what I was doing when my daughter was 17 days old. Yeah, it was, um, it was quite a ride. I think both my husband and I will, will, uh, laugh about how we survived those two and a half years. So you started out on this professional, I mean, I'm sorry, personal development journey, um, basically just trying to get yourself back in shape. And then yeah. you had mentioned that you and I met a couple of months ago in our own coaching group. Tell us quickly a little bit about that. Um, so we're in a group called Mom is in Control. And tell us a little bit about how you found Heather and how that's kind of changed your life. Yeah. So along this journey of um, my health and fitness journey, uh, one of our, I have, we have a mutual friend. So Heather and I have a mutual friend, Megan, and we, I went on this retreat with Megan and, and Heather was one of the speakers there. And at one point in time, I wasn't even going to go. And then I found that Heather, I had started listening to her podcast and things were just starting to kind of click for me. And I was like, Oh, something about her. I need to meet her. So this was in June of 2019. And in July of 2019, I finally got enough um, guts to reach out to her and just find out what, what was all, what she all had in like in her program. And when I reached out to her, I really realized like how much more I wanted in my life. And I just needed somebody to kind of break down some of my barriers to help me get there. Yeah, I completely agree. So it sounds like you're a little hesitant on going to the retreat. And one of the big things I've actually gotten out of this group is not even realizing how much I needed a community of women who were just like me and how much I needed to realize that I wasn't alone and that all these things I'm struggling with, so many other women are struggling with and no one talks about it. And for me, that's been like one of my biggest aha moments. Would you agree that you kind of felt that same way, like your hesitancy towards going to the retreat and how you felt after you left? Yeah, absolutely. I was really craving just like-minded women that I could bounce ideas off of, but, and also could push me through. Like when I started self-doubting myself or letting all this resistance, I needed somebody to really call me out on it. And I just needed a community of women that understood and would hold space for me. Yeah, I completely agree. So you meet Heather, you go through this program. What do you think were like the one big aha moment that kind of got you to the point now where you feel like you can go into your weeks and you have this kind of just complete flow and balance with how you run your house and keep up with your job and everything else that you have going on? Oh, some of my aha moments were definitely um, how much um, pressure and how much I was letting my own backstory get into my head mm -hmm. and not allowing me to move forward. And one of the things, um, you know, I, and people say it, but it's, um, you know, making, it doesn't have to be perfect. And I think that was my biggest thing is everything I always wanted to control and want it to be perfect. And once I finally decided to stop trying to control everything and just really strive for some progress things started to click for me. Like my morning routine, once I stopped trying to be perfect and it had to be, you know, get up at this time and do this and, and, and the flow of that. And when I stopped letting everything be so perfect and started, I started seeing the most amount of progress with myself. And then it was kind of like, you start to drop down your barriers and your, and things were starting to be put into place to now where it feels like, wow, like this 
uh, going into a new week is so much easier, not only for me, but for my husband and two girls. Like we just don't have that feeling of, you know, overwhelm every day because it, we just strive for progress each week. We kind I kind of look at, okay, well, what went well and what didn't go well. Okay. And I invested in some erasable markers. So the stuff I put in erasable pens, I mean, it's not all going to get done and you have to just be okay with that. Yeah. I'm obsessed with my erasable pens too. I will have that. <laughs> so walk us through quickly how you set yourself up for those weeks. And what do you think are like the key things that bring you guys success with that? Yeah. So we started using, um, a planner and it's, it's my own personal planner, but it's kind of like our family guide. I leave it out on our, my desk every day. And so everything goes in there to my work schedule, to the kids after um, school schedules, to their sporting events, things that we need to get done and priorities for the week in our meal plan. It all goes into one place. And so every Sunday, um, I start planning planning a week and I plan out our meal plan. And one of the things I do is each person's responsible for coming up with a meal. And I don't take on all that stress of trying to plan out six or seven meals for my family. Everybody takes a, a day and then I fill in the rest. And that was kind of one of our biggest um, transformations because it's a buy-in right from the get-go with these kids. And I know when it's their night that they are not even going to, without hesitation, they are going to eat whatever's on the table. And so, and then my morning routine, that's my other big piece of setting myself up for success because it starts with for me, getting up on my own terms and not getting up on my kids' terms. Um, and I spend the first hour and 15 minutes before anybody else wakes up in the house uh, just for myself. I love that. Yeah, it's honestly, it's been a game changer for me. And it's the time, the hour and 15 minutes is really time for me to you know, journal and to work out and um, meditate. I try and meditate it. I mean, I get it's progress. I'm, I'm not as, um, committed to meditating every day as I am with getting up and journaling and working out. That's something I'm, I'm still working on, but my morning routine is, is my saving grace. Cause I feel like it sets my tone for the day, but it also, when I come upstairs in the morning, I've already set the pace and the tone for the, for the day in the house. Yeah. For everybody else. Yeah. That's great. And guys, I'll have to say the what Cindy was just saying about letting everybody in the house pick a dinner, that is something that I've actually used from her and it has changed the way we do everything. I've talked about this before. I talked about it in my weekly celebration on um in my community this past Friday, but that has totally transformed how we do dinner. I've always struggled with dinner. I've always struggled with the idea of coming home after a long day at work. No one wants to eat dinner. And since I've started doing that, it has definitely helped. So thank you, Cindy. No problem. So morning routines are also awesome and we can get into that. But if someone is just overwhelmed and they're just starting out on this journey of self-awareness and trying to set some boundaries in their life, what do you think is the number one thing that someone who's just in this survival state can do to start climbing their way out of that? So I remember, I remember this feeling so well. And I remember it was somebody just said, you just need to get up 30 minutes before everybody else. Stop allowing that somebody else dictates when you get up. 
And that was when I, because when I started this, I mean, I've been on this journey for a long time. So now an hour and a half before an hour and 15 before my kids get up, it's not a, not a big deal to me. But when I first started, it was 30 minutes. I got up 30 minutes on my own term, whether it was whether to have a, a coffee or to sit and read my book in peace or to like, for me, even to scroll Facebook for 10 minutes uninterrupted, that was a game changer to me. So someone starting out get up on your own terms, start your morning off on the right foot without, if you have kids without them starting to dictate to you when you're going to get up and, and, and then all the demands that come with them, right. I'm, I'm hungry or, you know, can you put this TV show on all those different things? If you can have 30 minutes to yourself, you are going to feel uh, that you have like a breath to be able to catch your breath in the morning and just to set your own mindset for the day. No, I think that's great advice. I remember when I first joined Heather's program and I believe that one of the second um, things we talked about was my morning routine and I absolutely didn't have a morning routine. And I remember the first week I implemented it. And like you said, I just started out small. I really didn't know what it was and it was game changing. I mean, I specifically remember being in the shower one morning thinking, holy fuck, how come I've never done this before? Where the fuck have I been? It literally transformed my life. I I agree. I think that's really, really, really good advice. So I want to go back to a second. You said you guys have your planner. It sits out. Everyone knows what's going on. Can you tell us a little bit about like your relationship with your husband and how this all works out? A couple of weeks ago, I did an episode on being supported when I had did my um, Q&A episode. Someone had asked like, hey, your husband's really supportive. But what if you feel like you don't have support in your house? And I really struggled answering that question because I do have a very supportive husband. And it's funny how in society, if you do have that kind of support, you don't want to talk about it. And we just have this thing where we only talk about like negative things. And I know we're all trying to shift towards that. So, and it's not always pretty and it's not always perfect. And he hasn't always been, he's always been supportive, but he hasn't always been, oh, I just know I'm going to do the dishes because Katie needs me to step up and help out because something's going on at work. And that takes a lot of communication, a lot of practice to kind of get there. So can you share with us how you guys have made that work and maybe how things were when you were in school and then how you guys have come together now to really get into a flow? Yeah. So Dennis is like very much like yours has always been very supportive and he had, we have been a team right from like day one and where I leave off, he picks up and we have been very fortunate um, to really have a good support system around us too. And we've had, you know, both sets of our parents as great role models. Uh, But when I went to school, all the pressure fell back on him he really was a single dad and he really had to, I was traveling back and forth every other weekend for, for three, it was three hours each way to go to school. And, you know, most, I would be gone Friday to Sunday. And so he really had to pick up the pieces at home and he did it without even blinking an eye. And so when I kind of came back in, basically kind of came back into the family uh, after being in school, because I really was in and out so much that the weeks were really hard to get into a routine because we would put our daughter to bed and then I'd basically go down to the basement to study and and to prepare papers and, and presentations. 
And then for him, when I came back in, it was really kind of finding out where I fit back in because he had this kind of well-oiled machine (laughs) system. And we really had to kind of figure out what our roles were and how we kind of reintegrated. But with Dennis and I, we have the one thing that has always gotten us through is our communication. We are... he is probably a better communicator than I am, but he, you know, we have some boundaries with each other when it comes to communications with big items. It only gets discussed face to face. We try, we don't do a lot of text messaging back and forth, pick up the phone and call each other, those types of things. So we have been very much, um, he has been always in my corner, but I always say, cause Dennis is very much, he's a lot slower at processing things to, to make a decision than I am. So I always say I sprinkle things on him. <laughs> um, I sprinkle little bits and tidbits before I go in and really want to uh, move forward on an idea because he needs to think it through in his mind versus for me, I'm, I'm opposite. I will, I can make a, a decision a lot quicker. So that has been something that we've had to really work together on when it comes to making big decisions for the house and for the kids. But we've been very fortunate that I've been very fortunate that way to always have him in my corner 100%. Now, that's awesome. That's awesome that you know so much about each other and your communication styles and that you can lean into that. And I think that's huge. I also find a little bit of a theme here where it kind of reminds me, it reminds me of each other. So like you said, you were in school and he kind of created this well-oiled machine. And in my career, I've traveled a lot and my husband's had to step up and create his own routines. And I feel like even though those things can be stressful, that's where as guys and as, as guys, they had to step up and figure out how to do it. And as women, we had to release some of the control because what I find a lot in this space is that women want to do everything. So it's not that your husband doesn't support you. It's that he doesn't know how, because we don't ask and, or we don't allow them to do anything. So when these kind of situations, situations come up, they have to, like, you're not there to say, Hey, so she needs to eat at eight. She only likes chocolate milk. Like he has to figure that out by himself. And I think that's a huge game changer in relationships. Would you agree? I totally 100% agree with you. Yeah, I think that's a hard place to get to. And I think when I started traveling a couple of years ago, that's where things really shifted for us. Because for one, he realized exactly how much I do every day. And it's like, holy shit. (laughs) So then you kind of said where one stops and one picks up. Without those kind of experiences, I don't think that they would know exactly necessarily where to pick things up outside of just awesome communication. So I think that's key. And I think that's something that we always got to remember is when situations seem hard, they can actually lead to good things. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I always look at him now and I, I almost have a little bit of envy. He has this amazing relationship with my older daughter because he was there all the time. And they have like this like little bond that I won't ever be a part of because, you know, I've missed it. I missed out on those two and a half years, but I, I look at it and I'm just like, Oh man, I just, I'm so in awe and envy of him for being able to just kind of step up and step into that. And, um, and, and now I look back and I just love their little, you know, their little communication styles and how they can laugh at each other's jokes. And I think would he have had that had I had been at home all these years, right. And not went back to school. Yeah, that's great. So that feels like a perfect segue for my next question. So I've talked about this a bunch on the podcast and it's definitely not a secret to anybody in my personal life, but I have struggled from the worst mom guilt 
in this space of wanting to be wanting to have a career and wanting to be a powerful woman and have kids balancing that and kind of finding that flow has always left me feeling guilty one way or another. Can we talk about that for a second? Do you feel like you do struggle from mom guilt or you have, and then maybe what are some of the things that you do to battle that? So yeah, definitely those years I was in school, I I definitely battled, um, a lot of mom guilt and uh, probably even a little bit of wife guilt, like just being not being there. But mom guilt was something so strong when I went back and forth to school and missing out on, you know, certain things. Um, but I, it was actually my daycare lady that I had with my oldest daughter who was like my saving grace to when I went to school. She always used to say to me, Cindy, she is so loved and she is so well taken care of while you get to go out and do do your thing. And she is going to one day look up to you and be like, wow, I can't believe she did all that. And I want to do that too. And she was such a, at that time, I always find that people come into your life at the right time. And I had not had that daycare lady where I could drop her off and just know that she was just so loved there too. Um, and, and my, and, and our support system was so great, but I just really needed to hear that, you know, I'm not the only one there for her and, and, and my oldest or my other youngest daughter too. But um, that we're a team and that, you know, it takes a village to raise these kids. I really do believe that. And um, so mom guilt isn't something I necessarily struggle with now. Um, And if I do have a moment of that, I acknowledge it and then I release it. And because I have a choice to, to really sit in that or I have a choice to know that my children are loved and they're, you know, they're supported and they're safe with whoever that they are with. Oh, I love that. I love that you have a choice to either sit in it or to know that they're loved. That's a great mantra and a great reminder if anyone's ever stuck in that moment. I think it's interesting that you said wife guilt. And that's true too. And I found the more I work on myself and the more I come into this self-awareness journey, that there's a guilt creeps up a lot because there's a lot of really figuring out how I want to feel and what I want and putting boundaries in place. And as women, every time we put a boundary in place or we say no, it can be really hard. But that's also why I feel like women are getting so burnt out because you want to do everything for everybody. And you've really got to know where those boundaries begin and end to preserve your own energy. So I think that's great that you said that. That's a great comment. Yeah. And, and it is, it's just really at the end of the day, it's, I love that feeling of just knowing that it takes a village, right? Like the, it's, it's a lot anymore to like, you know, and I'm sure it was a lot back then too, but right now I'm just finding that, you know, it takes, it takes, when you have two parents working outside the household, it really takes a village. It does. I actually have a really good example. I was going to talk about this in an episode, but I can talk about it here. This past um, Friday, my daughter was really sick, like stomach bug sick. And so I was really scared to take her out of the house, but my husband had already left for work uh, before she had started throwing up, but I had to get my son to school. And I was like, shit, she's definitely going to throw up. If I take her in the car, what can I do? And I was really proud of myself because in the past, I would have never done this. I would have just strapped her in the car, put the throw up bucket in her lap, and we would have just did it. But I reached out to two ladies that I've met on my son's basketball team who don't 
uh, work or they don't work the same hours that I do. And I just asked them in a group text, like, Hey, can either one of y'all take my kid to school today? And they were more than happy to do it. And it ended up being a great situation from him because it was Friday. She actually does breakfast with her son on Friday. So he got to go have breakfast with his friend in the morning and got to school safely. And I didn't have to drag my daughter out while having the stomach bug. And I know that sounds simple, but as women, like we always feel like we have to do everything ourselves. And I was really proud of myself for reaching out and just doing that. And it worked out great for everybody. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's knowing when to ask for help. And I think that was the biggest thing. And, and it still is today for me is knowing when to ask for help. Like today I have a very busy day and it's reaching out. Okay. I've got two kids going in different directions for sports. Okay. Can somebody take this one? And you know, what can we do to kind of help everybody out? And it's just really not feeling guilty about asking for help. Like we, we need to retrain ourselves to know that, you know, being able to ask for help is a, is a good thing. It's not a negative thing that you, it's not meaning that you can't handle it. It's just that, you know what, you're, you're looking at trying to balance things and what's going to work out best for everybody. Yeah. It's definitely not a sign of weakness. So how do you re-energize? What are some of the things that you do to kind of keep yourself grounded that are only for you so that you can show up in these weeks for your family and your kids and your job and just feel 100% your best self? Yeah. So one of the things that I love to do is, um, taking, you know, even a couple hours just to myself and like sitting down with a good book or a good personal development book, um, or, you know, getting out and going for a walk by myself. That's one of the things that I really do love. I'll take the dog and we'll just go for like even even a 20 minute walk where I'll just put in my AirPods and listen to like just my music and just crank it up and whether I'm singing or whatever and just re re kind of reconnect with myself and just re-energize and then kind of come back in feeling a lot less, you know, stressed and just feeling a lot better about the space I'm in. I know we've talked about this a lot because like I said in the beginning, we are accountability partners. So um, we're always trying to do things to grow and be better and money shit is something that always comes up for both of us. But what's your number one self-care indulgence? My number one self-care indulgence has kind of shifted because I used to love to go and shop and buy myself a new outfit and whatever. But that has kind of shifted now that I'm really taking stock on my money and money being energy and what kind of energy money holds over me. Uh, So one of the things now that I really just like to do for self-indulgence is like, go wander the bookstore. We have a really awesome um, bookstore, like Chapters Indigo here in uh, where we live. And I love just uh, touring it and, you know, maybe picking myself up a new book or, you know, just something, a new journal, because I do love to journal, uh, something like that. Um, And every once in a while, you know, I'm very fortunate. My mom does own a spa that you'll find me there uh, relaxing as well. Oh, now I'm jealous. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. All right. Well, tell us a little bit about some of the things that you have going on now, some of the projects that you are working on. Yeah. So some of the projects I'm working on right now is I'm, I've got a workshop called win, win your week with ease. And so it's starting here shortly, but I have uh, lifetime access that's going to be going out here and that people can purchase the lifetime access for the materials. So I'm really excited about that. I've just created a new Facebook group community um, 
for Cindy Kramer Consulting. And that's where we're going to really dive into how to align home life with corporate careers. And I'm really excited about that because that is uh, definitely my niche and things that I've, I've loved working through um, as I've continued on in my career as well. And then I hang out on Instagram as well. And that's just, uh, it's a little bit of both, a little bit about my uh, family life and a little bit about uh, work. That sounds great. Without giving it all away, can you tell us what people can expect out of your new course, Winning Your Week with Ease? Yeah, so they can expect how they can handle and manage their time more effectively. And they can also expect how uh, they can create some boundaries and also how to set up an, a winning uh, morning routine. That's awesome. So you said listeners can connect with you on Facebook and Instagram, correct? You got it. Awesome. Well, we can go ahead and tag those in the show notes. And thank you so much for being here with us today. Oh, I'm so thankful that we met. I just am so appreciative of having this, uh, the honor of being your first interview on your podcast. Awesome. Thanks, Cindy. We'll talk soon. Have a great day. Bye.